0: Hello, welcome to our next episode of The Edgevators. My name is Angela Fares and today I am talking to Kirsten Cowtree. Kirsten, is that how I say your
1: surname? Kirsten Cofftree. cough Koff like cough and tree like tree.
0: <laughs> Kirsten Cofftree from Gaia Learning. That's a good way of remembering it, Kirsten. Kirsten, welcome to The Edgevators. Thank you very much for having me. I'm just going to explain to everybody who you are. You have a startup that you started in 2019 called Gaia Learning, which is an online learning platform, soon to be school in September, and you've launched an app called Flexi School, which it sounds very exciting, we're going to be talking more about. And you're the founder of Gaia Learning, you're a qualified teacher and an ambassador for teaching the UN Sustainable Development Goals. But prior to teaching, you actually were involved in business, so in an internet media startup, and also you work for EY, looking at the tech area for them as well. You're a single mum, and you have three children who you also educate, and you're passionate about human-centered learning, preparing all of our students, with 21st century skills to be successful in future learning and work life. So your, your career highlights within the online market include supporting working parents through the pandemic to homeschool with industry-leading virtual classroom technology, running a not-for-profit online group classes to promote children's well-being during school closures, and creating Gaia Learning Team responsible for reimagining education in the post-COVID era. You're very keen to disrupt education as we know it, using technology to make learning more human, more flexible, and more valuable. So Kirsten, that sounds all incredible and amazing. So shall we start with your why? What's your why for, for where you are now with Gaia Learning?
1: I really believe that the purpose of education is understanding our world and our planet. I originally trained as a geography teacher and sustainable education, I believe, comes first and as well as self actualization in terms of the, the reason why we, we educate our young people. And education has the potential to get us out of the tricky situations that we've got ourselves into regarding conflict and climate change and COVID, among the many other things. So sustainable education and my passion for teaching the Sustainable Development Goals really was one of the foundational reasons why um, I started teaching kids through through the pandemic. But I was also lucky to start my career in an internet media startup company in 2005 when Web2 technology was really taking off and changing the internet, I guess, from a repository of information to more of a social experience. I had a really inspirational mentor who had founded the company and he really gave me opportunities to experiment with open source technology, which allowed me to maximize the human impact that our very small team could have in customizing the user experience. So I guess my why and my experience Culminated in seeing the potential of technology to really make education sustainable and human, which kind of sounds contradictory, but is a really important foundation of what Gaia Learning is and aims to be for, for young people and parents too.
0: Well, I um, mean, that's an incredible combination, kind of the dream combination really for, for an online school is a, a background in, in consultancy and business and tech, and also in teaching and a passion for the, the UN Sustainable Development Goals, which which sounds the ideal school really, trying to, to mix both business and education and tech. I think that the three combinations right now that, that is is something that all online schools are striving with how have you managed to set up Gaia and and, and what does it look like right now is it is it an actual school yet or have you got accreditation what is what is Gaia learning as we stand right now and what will it be in in the near future
1: so when I set it up in 2019, my aim and ambition was for it always to be a school. It has been an interesting and intense <laughs> journey to this point where I can actually say today and maybe talk about it a little bit more later, but we've launched an app on on iOS and Google Play called Flexi School, and we have school accreditation, so we are officially part of Cambridge International Group of Schools around the world, which is, is incredibly exciting, but we started out in 2019 supplementing school for for children who whose needs weren't being met in the traditional setting um, and who also needed extra help outside of school. Certainly, well-meaning friends and family told me I was crazy setting up some, something like this. They didn't believe that kids could learn online or would be engaged online, and I guess then COVID hit and certainly challenged that idea, but but proved that it could be done. And when that happened, I guess we gained traction and uh, learnt a lot in those initial months because what we did was offer parents going through that that time when schools shut and there there wasn't provision. It took schools in that first lockdown a long time to kind of their acts together and and put something online. So what I did with a small team of 10 other tutors, we put on science-based group classes all around the sustainable development goals to support kids between age eight to 14, um, and support their parents, really, giving structure to the day, and also working out and really learning as a team, um, co-creating an experience with the kids to work out what really worked online for them, so what was engaging, what was a valuable learning experience. We also kind of adopted a, a lesson study approach, so we would record all of those sessions and we'd watch them back as a team, really kind of looking reflectively back at what kept the kids excited about learning. And it was really from that, that our team started to grow and word spread and more more and more educators wanted to work with us. And that really informed a more personalized approach, which is how the, the school has developed and the aims of the school will continue to be rather than large classes, but more of a one-to-one or very small group classes online going forwards. I think what sort of humours me in one aspect and also makes me quite frustrated is how a lot of schools, um, and actually also online schools, have simply replicated a version of school online. I think in this space, we have to fundamentally reimagine and reinvent what it looks like or what good learning looks like online, because it is an entirely new and evolving space, that we have to remember as educators, the the children are the ones that need to be really fundamentally involved in in co-creating with us
0: so so how do you how do you make that happen how do you uh, empower the students and the families because to me it's becoming apparent in the work that, that we're doing at full circle with more progressive schools and, and with online schools that the parents often feel alienated from traditional schools and now that we've kind of uh, if you like, open Pandora's box, where they've had a a window into school through online learning during COVID. A lot of parents want to get more involved. And that is is traditionally something that schools have tried to avoid. What are your feelings on that? And and how does Gaia Learning empower the students and the parents?
1: So this is where the tech is quite clever, and where Over the last two and a half years, we've really played around with a lot of different platforms and and different technologies to find a way to create an ecosystem that really empowers both the students and the parents. And we really feel we have come a long way to doing that in giving the students the power to choose who they're working with, when they need that help from an educator, and that's kind of designed into our business model. Every subject and every teacher is regarded equally on our platform. So if you buy time with our our teachers, the students and the parents can decide when and who they want to use that time with. So there might be periods where the more intense help is needed from a physics specialist or in preparation for an english essay and then at another time a different subject so while the the educator still has a very important role we see that as being a different skill set probably to what educators have in a classroom the ability to personalize and adapt to the needs of the student and our educators fulfill more of a cognitive coach role. They understand how learning happens and are very much focused on empowering students to be aware of the process of learning and how they can increasingly be in control of that that learning. And I guess that starts with them having control of the pace and even customising the materials that they're using with us. We have some pretty innovative digital materials that we access and have aligned to the curriculum. So we can teach the same lesson in in various ways that suit the child. And when you make it all about the child, they do thrive and they do really well.
0: And how about your teachers? How do you manage to find, because clearly the values that you hold are progressive and it is child-centred. And it's not just, as you say, a traditional delivery model. It's very much finding out about the student on a one-to-one or one-to-two, three, four, because you have a maximum of four in a class, I understand. What kind of teachers do you have and, and how do you find them and how do you recruit? What's What's your criteria for recruiting?
1: I feel incredibly lucky to be able to have been really picky because this model really doesn't need to be sold to teachers to educators they get it they're the ones that have been at the forefront of the brunt of of COVID where we've seen how how I want to say how broken our system is but it's annoyingly not broken. It's kind of really robust, isn't it? But but it's becoming increasingly obsolete. And I think they've seen how kids have struggled with their mental well-being through COVID. Um, how there's been such a you know just an unrelenting focus on assessment of children, and even where there's been large gaps in them being in the classroom and having to come back to being assessed, and just this almost dehumanising of. of of the curriculum so teachers are those who can are leaving the profession in in droves and they totally understand that a more personalized approach is preferable for the children but also for the educators i think oh, when i set this up i also wanted a, a space to be able to be innovative and to be excited about my everyday profession i looked back at my early days in in a startup company and just being involved in something where you can innovate and create and be in an exciting space why isn't education more like that I think I really think it should be I think it should be one of the professions that kids want to aspire to have I think it should be a sexy profession really you know like data scientists or surgeons or 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 things like that and so educators get it. They they want to be part of something that is is exciting. I say that, not all. Not all. Some some educators are scared of this space. And I think there is a lot of fear around teachers being replaced by AI and the cloud and, and ed tech. But I think when or certainly what we're doing at Guy Learning makes the human educator so fundamentally important and valued in in what what we're creating. And just because we're giving power to the kids to be able to choose when they work with us and how, what they need most from a teacher, we shouldn't be scared of that. We should feel empowered by that because it makes us feel really valued for, for what we're doing. In, in the first year that I set up Gaia Learning, the first two tutors that I employed – I was able to pay them more that year than they would have got after seven years in the traditional system, working their way up the teacher pay scale. So this is also a good space to be in to to earn well, but make a really positive impact on on kids' lives.
0: I totally agree, Kirsten. And in the process of kind of finding a little bit more about you, I've met your head of secondary and your head of juniors and also your business manager that I have to say are incredibly inspiring 21st century professionals. And and do you think that... Uh- in order to have this innovation culture, you need to employ a certain type of person. Because I know at Full Circle, we've been doing some work with some some organisations on schools on on innovation roadmapping, and it certainly seems to be that you need to employ people with certain characteristics and with certain values. Would you say that's the same for you? And, and what does it look like for you, those people that you think are going to join your, your, your innovative uh, Gaia learning?
1: Well, yeah, I think that is really important. Hiring on the basis of values is is vital. Uh, everyone that has in our talent pool, but also in our core team, have all come together because they share the same values about making education a, a more accessible, safe and appealing place for kids who have different Neurodiversity needs, or are anxious because of things that have happened, and or are homeschooling by choice. Um, so a variety of similar values. But I also think that the most successful businesses employ people with diverse backgrounds. One of my other early career experiences was at Ernst and Young in Sydney, where I was a senior consultant in diversity and inclusion, and that. That was an interesting experience because I think in in some traditional industries where there's very set ways or set culture of more homogenous culture, it's really hard to challenge that and, and set up diverse teams from the get-go. But with a startup, you really have the chance to recruit people from different backgrounds. So we've got all sorts of different skills, people who bring experience from different industries, from music, fast-moving consumer goods, charity sectors, uh, NGOs, and as well as we've got a team of three interns now who are incredibly ambitious and talented and driven to support us in our our mission. And I think if you're going to fundamentally reimagine education, we need to do that with a team that are not traditionally from the school or education sector which I think is really important because so many of the people in that have been in education all their lives or have gone to university and then become teachers and have been teachers for for years have to unlearn so much of what they've learned in a traditional classroom and then I think that's where they have a danger of just trying to replicate online what what's worked in a classroom in the past whereas what we really need is to think fundamentally differently.
0: I totally agree, Kirsten. I mean I think I I certainly appreciate from my point of view being in, in industry and marketing and communications and international relations for the for the first however many years (laughs) before before the last 22 years in education and and what what I loved seeing the other day I think it was one of your LinkedIn posts was where you were holding a zoom meeting with I think your course creator and your admissions person and the admissions lady was holding her baby and then somebody else was doing something else and and it it just looked like what what we're all talking about in terms of work-life balance and inclusion all in one kind of screenshot really I, I mean how does it how does it work do you what do you try and do because I've, I've noticed with with your organization is it is very eclectic you do have a range of different experiences particularly on the business side and it was fascinating to meet your business manager with his having set up two three businesses he really reminded me actually of of, of Stephen Bartlett from Dragon's Den <laughs> with his 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 drive and, and his and his finger on the pulse was that was that a deliberate move for you to, to really come up instead of just being, you know, the traditional people from education moving into online? Was this a de- deliberate plan for you?
1: I think, you know, with startups, you've got to be quite opportunistic and bootstrap as tightly as you possibly can for as long as you can. And so, yes, our core team and yeah meeting Paul and Lauren, when we originally started up, they were travelling in Sri Lanka, so had the opportunity to be able to be part of a startup where we're <laughs> we're all very frugal for the first first couple of years as as you need to be. But Paul having experience of, of setting up previous businesses startups as well, you've got to make the mistakes and just like we teach the kids who come to Gaia learning that it's okay to fail and that we learn from failure and we fail forwards, actually setting up businesses previously that haven't gone well is totally wonderful experience to know what to do when the going gets tough and how to be really innovative and clever with what we can afford to do at the time that we can afford to do it. That said, we are at the stage where we're now looking for investment. We're ready to scale. We've got a brilliant team and all of the tools uh, in place now for that. We took part last year in a business accelerator program, which allowed us to get all of our systems and um, support and great mentors from all around the world to give, give us advice and good connections. So, yeah, we started Global, and Global is where where we intend to to be
0: and you you have with your tech background you, you have your own platform that you are developing is that is that correct
1: yes yes definitely and there's I mean there's been such a massive surge in the in the last few years even since I started this to you know in in edtech in in the space so we've been able to to white label a lot of things that we haven't had to build ourselves, which has been really helpful um, to prove the concept and to really test it out on our users. My real focus is for working parents. I mean, I've set this up in a really intense climate of of COVID, but also single parenting, three children who have very diverse needs. They're eight, 10 and 12 currently. So to be able, what I really wanted to achieve was a platform using the technology that really empowered the kids and limited the amount of input that the parents needed to have. So... I want to be involved in my children's education. I want to know what they're doing. I want to know what progress they're making. I want to make sure that the curriculum that they've got is broad and balanced and that they are mostly being able to have the opportunity to be kids, to be out there, to be playing. What we can do by learning online is actually reduce the hours needed to have, you know, Online to get through the curriculum, which allows them more time to play, more family time, more travel time. Um, but the the app and and what it does is it it allows parents to have insight into their children's education, but also you know not have to be being having to print off resources and scan things back and just be where it makes it difficult to to support your kids we created a platform that takes away that hard work and that's what makes it pretty cool
0: because some of them are quite complicated aren't they and some some online schools use a few and then they have one platform for one thing one platform for another but you are you're you're customizing also it's just kind of a one-stop shop really just kind of go and it's all there
1: Yes, single sign-on to one place where all the live classes take place, all the materials, all the, those materials are trusted and vetted, and and I think that's where really the concept of school changes. Certainly, with our app, the Flexi School app, what we're doing is reimagining school outside of a physical school building, but yet providing all of the components that you would expect to see in any school. We still have teachers. We still have things to read. We still have stuff to write with. It's just a lot more um, interactive and uh, customized to the way in which the children will learn best out of that. We still have community. We still have traditions. We still have celebrations and a community uh, underpinned by that that app that literally you can put in your pocket and take anywhere that ensures that kids are kept safe, that their learning is at their own pace at the, you know, which might be really fast or it might need to be a bit slower that empowers them with the skills that they need to thrive in the 21st century. And I think the bit that people don't really understand with online learning or the potential for it is that it allows you to be even more in the real world, in nature and in you know, in families and in communities and in sports because it frees you up from a physical building and also the confines of a a very rigid day. On that particularly, I think the, the traditional school day of nine till three or nine till four really perpetuates inequality in relationships because more often than not, it's women who have to or mums that do drop-offs not always Mm -hmm. but drop-offs and pickups and that can limit our careers in in what we're able to do or where we're able to work so another real why for this and goes back to almost like a selfish reason but I want I wanted a, a really fulfilling exciting career that I could have around my children and where we are global and can play in different time zones i i do my teaching from 5am to 10am and the rest of my day is free for spending with my children and being a human being in the world so you know we really are reimagining all all of the aspects of of school and that system that we've operated in for so long
0: and I love the idea of a school in your pocket I know both as a as a mum and my kids and her grown up and as a as a head of schools we could kind of there were little bits that we could communicate so we could send out class dojo notifications or something on ISAMs or so it was all bits and then you the the parents would just get frustrated because they had so many bits of information from so many different things but to be able to have everything in one stop and also to be able to kind of just kind of checking the lessons or to see what's happening with the work they've submitted and everything else is sounds absolutely amazing. Kirsten, I have to ask you about your school. You, you've mentioned that you have this incredible system in secondary where the students can kind of choose their teachers and really make it personalised to them in terms of what they study, when they study and who they study with. But the next stage for you is, is launching your primary school in September and i think if i if i'm right that's with cambridge international so what's that going to look like
1: so yes that is very very exciting because as you say up until now that sort of secondary offering has been supplementary and we've been able to sort of plug into some more progressive schools that maybe haven't had subject specialists in certain areas and so we've been able to support students in in that way in other physical settings, but also outside of school. So the launch of the primary curriculum from September is, well, firstly, it's just been a massive milestone for us because it really acknowledges that this school in your pocket, this, this personalized experience is being recognized as a school experience that is evolving now in in the future. And I'm sure that we're going to see lots more online schools like this pop up to give parents more choice and giving kids more choice. And I think that's what's really wonderful about it, that this might not suit everybody, but the current system does not suit everybody either. And giving parents and young people choices is surely a great thing. So we aim to start off with small class sizes of one teacher to four students. They'll be able to access the curriculum through our Flexi School app, but also live lessons. And the opportunity for this in terms of being a truly global and international school where we will have students accessing us from different countries and learning from each other from the places where they are, Really excites me, (laughs) both as traditionally as a geography teacher, but it's also where geography at the same time matters and doesn't matter more than ever, and where we can authentically learn about each other around the world in a way that hopefully will become more of a norm. Because I think that education and really truly understanding each other is where we're going to have opportunities to change and save our our world in in the biggest sense so.
0: And certainly having classes of up to four will will build that understanding of each other and the teacher's understanding of the students too. I know when when I was in a Dover Court school in in Singapore, we had small group classes and they were up to six, I think, but it really does make a huge difference. And building that international understanding is something, again, we've been talking about in this series that uh, an online school can really genuinely say it's doing because all of the students are in their home countries or in a country where they're living that isn't where the school is based so there is there isn't that shared understanding of sitting in a classroom in Singapore but you have to work even harder to understand each other when you're spread around the world and understand the different circumstances everyone is in so um, I I totally agree with you on that well I I mean I love the idea of a school in your pocket and I, I would definitely if I had my time again and my kids were younger that sounds perfect for the way I I wanted to try and do things, but I <laughs> didn't quite manage to all those years ago.
1: Well, I think there are more opportunities for travelling around and, you know, digital nomad sort of culture. And so this, I think since COVID, we're seeing more people working flexibly. And so why shouldn't we have an education system to match that, you know, can support families that don't don't want to stick around in one place so much? all the time. We've had some initial traction for our service in Saudi Arabia and those families have residences in different countries and so we're able to provide a continuous education for them no matter where they are and that is personalised and and meets their needs. So that's an exciting area of growth for us as well.
0: So where is the future and, and where are you going next? You've got your school, what else is happening for Gaia Learning?
1: Oh, lots of exciting things, but I have to keep something secret, Angela, I can't tell you everything all at once. (laughs) (laughs) But but I think one of the most exciting opportunities for online learning is that we can create opportunities for kids, well, actually for employers to be involved in re Engineering the system for employers to say what skills do we actually want our young people to have when they come to us, and then we can give students the opportunity to build up those skills in whatever curriculum they are interested in learning. I think it's hard for employers, especially through COVID, that they don't know now whether the students coming to them or into universities whether they've done exams or what exam. System they've they've done or what grading system is it A's and B's or is it nine to ones and is one nine or one good or nine good? Whereas learning online, we are capturing all of the learning all of the time. So the opportunities for creating evergreen sort of e-portfolios where students can showcase their best work and they can have you know that to impact their communities and to to solve some of the biggest problems and to have rewarding careers i think that's quite exciting and it's not futuristic it's it's happening now it's it's real so
0: absolutely and and micro credentials which is a whole another episode that we did with kevin house but micro credentials and doing mini courses for for students which supplement their their standard qualifications as well is a great opportunity i would like to congratulate you on being first of all, a woman in tech, in business and running a school. There's not enough of us around doing this. And let's hope that pioneers like you will inspire other female pioneers to to do exactly the same, especially if they are a single mum and with with children too, because you have so much to offer. Kirsten, I've really enjoyed talking to you and I wish you all the very best with Guy Learning and with your new school launching in September. And I look forward to following to see what you do. Thank you very much for having me, Angela. That's it for another insightful episode with Angela Fairs from Full Circle. And thank you for listening. To get in touch with Angela, check out her website. It's fullcircle-education.co.uk.